This is The Game Show with Max Sussman, brought to you by The Gaming Stadium, Canada's leader in esports. Welcome to the game show presented by the Gaming Stadium on Sportsnet 650. I'm your host, Max Sussman. Today, we're going to talk Crimson Wings, the Calrissian Cup, the Women's Carball Championship, and we're going to do all that with the founder and CEO of Crimson Wings, Chase Mitchell, right now on the game show on Sportsnet 650. He is the founder and CEO at Crimson Wings Entertainment, which owns Crimson Wings Gaming, as well as the Women's Carball Championship and the Calrissian Cup. He is Chase Mitchell. Chase, thanks for joining me here again on The Game Show. Thank you. Thank you. It's good to be back. I'm super excited. <laughs> well, I was I've, I was super <laughs> excited to talk to you, too, because the Women's Carball Championship Season 3 is in the books, and I kind of been – I hadn't really talked to you about this, but in my head I was like, yeah, when the, season's end, when the season ends, I'll have him back on and we'll do like a little recap. It basically saw <laughs> – you know, you had to split them off into EU and NA this time because of – uh, because of COVID and not being able to bring people together for, for a, a championships at the end. Uh, we saw two teams dominate each region, Bang Gang and KCP. That's Kansas City Pioneers, the women's squad. Basically ran the table in North America. Uh, Bang Gang won the actual title at the end of the playoffs. EU, Cat Jam, and Sakura Blues, as usual. Um, that one we would have seen coming. Cat Jam winning more often than not. Uh, Caro actually missed a week. I noticed that. That was the only time Sakura Blues finished outside of the top two. So first before that's like the brief quick league recap for the listeners before <laughs> we get deeper into it, I want to play some make believe with you. Sure. If, if you could get cat jam and bang gang together for like a safe two team land, just to unite the two regional championships into a world championship. Who do you think would win that series? If we played that like this weekend? Um, wow. Uh, that's crazy question because tally is, um, probably one of the best women on the planet when it comes yeah. to rocket league um you know she's been part of the before psionics did her did their uh their revamp for the, how the leagues work you know tally was in the rlrs the rival series for a lot for a while uh has made rlcs a few times this past season um and avenger and angie have been crazy like they vastly su surpassed what i was expecting on the na side um i think at the beginning of the season a lot of the women actually thought kcp were gonna just take it but really uh yeah i, I think they discounted avenger and angie's ability to sit there and just grind and grind and grind and get better as the season during the season and they did a wonderful job they they even uh they won one of the weeks, I believe, without Tally. Tally didn't play like week the first event or something. It must have been um, yeah. It must have been one of the RLCS qualifier weeks or something like that. Uh, yeah, I think so. I think it was you know it was one of our very early events. Tally didn't play, and Avenger, uh, Bebop, and Angie actually ended up yeah. winning. Went to Game Seven against Phantasmal, who ended up becoming KCP. Um. And then on the other side, you have Ravina, who is probably the best female in Europe. She's the best woman in Europe. She's a ones player, and her mechanics are just unreal. Um, and she's she's the she's like low key the Michael Jordan of 
WCBC. Like she's got she's got the rings, you know. <laughs> she's won. Um, so she won the first season. Uh, it was her, Caro, and Ducks, I believe, won the first season of the WCBC. Um, and then they split up. And then Caro went on to win season two of the WCBC with Sakura Blues. Right. And then uh, season three that just finished, Ravina and, and Ducks uh, got back together and they brought Sophie on board. So now we have a few women uh, who have won two titles out of the three. So it's, it's pretty interesting. I think it would be a great game. Um, I think I would end up giving it to uh, Bang Gang. I told you uh, before this season started when we came on that putting Tally with Avenger was going to be a problem for the rest of North America. <laughs> and it really was. It really was. Um, the, the only reason I'm going to pick Bang Gang is because the skills that Ravina and, and Sophie and Ducks have, uh, like Ravina doesn't constantly play threes. Right. right, she's. If you watch her stream, she's she's a big Rocket League streamer. If you watch her stream, it's a lot of ones. It's a lot of practicing in um, training mode and and stuff like that. So uh, you will see her make mistakes here and there in a threes rotational. Right. Uh, whereas Tally, Avenger, and Angie, like this is what they do. Right, threes is their life. So I think um, from a skill standpoint, I think you would it would be pretty even. But I think that. I think that Bang Gang would take it just due to their more natural ability to play threes. There is a, I mean, it's tough to make this argument, but I think you could make the argument now that, that, that Tally Bird is catching Karma as the best female rocket player in the world right now. It's hard to say anybody else besides Karma because she's constantly in the RLCS, but Mm -hmm. if, if anybody's coming for that crown, it's Tally Bird, especially in North America. Um, now you we, we've mentioned kind of these these stars and they came up they came up organically last time. We're talking to Chase Mitchell, uh, founder and CEO at Crimson Wings. Um, you know each of the four teams. I think by you know through no no coincidence, each of those four teams that had dominant seasons has at least one of those you know WCBC big names. Cat Jam's got Ravina. Sakura Blues has Caro, Bang Gang has both Tally and Avenger, which is why they won damn near everything. <laughs> and KCP has Courtney, who's also very good. Those were the established stars kind of going into the season. Who do you think had a breakout season three? You know, don't say the names of any of those players we knew were going to be studs in season three. Oh, hey, came in and played incredible. Uh, you know, she's not as highly ranked as the rest of the players on that team with, you know, Crimson and... Uh, Alisa and Caro and there was a few times she had to come in and you know she played absolutely crazy there was um, another woman I'm pulling up the mega sheet we're going deep into the data (laughs) Slumpy Slumpy over in EU on Sammy Smiles played extremely well Um, it was kind of a a running thing for the, our production team that, you know, Slumpy's going to get a goal a game. <laughs> and she did. She ended up, she ended the season at a goal a game. It was really cool. Um, I think everyone on Sammy Smiles, to be honest with you, like they all improved. But. Uh, the- and that was, 
we talked about maybe that Sammy Smiles could be a surprising team coming into yeah. the season because Tadpole's coaching them, and Tadpole's a notably pretty good Rocket League coach and a very good player in his own right. Yeah, I don't. I know that he helped him out a little bit. I don't know if he took on their full time coaching position this last season. Mm-hmm. Um, but I know that he did help them a little bit here and there. And uh, Sammy Smiles, you know, they had that breakout week where they came in second, uh, and that was that was a, a really long event for them because they actually lost in the first round of the winner side. And then they had to go through the entire loser's bracket to make it there. So they played a lot of games that day. <laughs> from a from like a business perspective, how did the season go? I mean, obviously it was good Rocket League. It was, you know, there's 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 a hand these this handful of women's Rocket League players that, that I think people who follow competitive Rocket League now know about after three seasons of this, but just from like, you know, as the as the person whose company is putting this on, how did it go? Uh, it was great, you know. Uh, it's always nice when the first ever real sponsor that you land ends up being uh, Psionics. <laughs> uh, and then the Psionics guys were fantastic working with them. Uh, they, you know, they tossed us some raids after some RLCS matches, especially during, you know, Women's, uh, International Women's Month in March. Mm-hmm. Um and you know, I would say it was it was a big success. You know, we we got some of those raids. Uh, we got our name out there more. Kansas City Pioneers came in, and you know they picked up a team in the WCBC. And, like that was crazy. Um, and you know, actually, you know, big shout out to to their CEO Mark Jonesy. He, uh, I approached him like kind of midway through the season. And I was like, Hey, would you guys be interested in looking at some of these teams? And he didn't even bat an eye. He was just absolutely, let's get it done. Send me the teams. Um, Mm -hmm. So it was really cool. You know, it was, it was a huge success for the WCBC. Obviously we did split the regions this time. Um, We had the NA and the EU side. Uh, It worked better. I would say because in our past seasons, they were mixed, you know, so there's always that server difference. Yeah. Um, we say that, and the first two seasons, it was EU teams that won, even though I believe in season one, we played on NA East servers. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, in season two, we did a weird rotating server thing. It was just kind of a disaster. So, uh, Psionics asked us to split the regions, and we did, and I think it was a lot smoother. Definitely a lot I think, smoother. I think it's the only way in a game that's this reactive to do competitive to do true compet do, do do true competition, you know. Even though even though an EU team won on high ping in season one, and I'm sure EU teams, I'm sure Cat Jam would beat a lot of the NA teams no matter what, you know. But like, mm-hmm. ideally, you have regionals, and then get that get Psionics to fly out two teams from each region <laughs> and have a little la- and have a little land for them, you know. Yeah. Um, once COVID goes down, maybe we, yeah. we definitely want to look into something like that. I think it would be a lot of fun, you know. Even if it was at like the RLCS worlds like as a as a side event or you know something like that it would be fun you know get everybody together and that's really the the goal of this is to you know give these women a space to play the game and hopefully one day they're just in the rlcs you know tally's made that. it there yeah um, tally, yeah i think i think we'll start seeing players leaving wcbc for rlcs because the schedules don't work so well together you know that'll happen eventually yeah, we ran into that. Uh, I did. We did our best to plan the weeks around 
when the RLCS was doing their stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, there was an oversight, I guess I would say, on my part, because when I was working with Psyonix initially, um, you know, th- we were trying to do it so that we weren't streaming our NA during their NA. But right. what I didn't take into account is that they, with the new system, the way Psyonix does it, you know, there's the, the qualifiers to get into the RLCS for every event. And we would end up, and they take place a week before. Mm-hmm. So that's when we're playing. So these women who are trying to make it into the RLCS then had to choose between, you know, do I play on Saturday with my team in the WCBC or do I play in the RLCS qualifiers? So that was an oversight on my part. And it's, you know, it a, I took it as a, as a learning experience. It was unfortunate for some of the women that had to choose. Um, and that's a goal of mine moving forward that that's not an issue. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I, I was just going to say, I want I was, have you ever, have you ever thought about, you know, especially now that there's an actual affiliation with Psionics here, running mm-hmm. them in just, I mean, we haven't really had an off season in quite some time now, but, you know, running them while RLCS is straight up not happening. So people like Tally and Caro and Ravina don't run into that at all. But beyond that, that the Rocket League viewership base is freed up, you know? Uh, Yeah. And that's, Something the the problem right now is that uh, Psionics is basically just leaves open the summer. Yeah. Um. And during that time period, you know, they're gonna be filling it with a ton more Rocket League. And so there's not really, I would say, an off season except for those summer hours. And we always are gonna want our championship to end in March. Um, International Women's Month is a perfect opportunity to showcase the oh, women. That makes sense. Um, <laughs> and that that's not saying that we couldn't start. I, in a perfect world, I could run two seasons a year. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think we're going to go back to the old format here soon. I don't. I think that Psionics' current format works very well for them because of their player base and how many people they have. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but with a smaller community event like ours is, uh, I think that going back to, you know, top eight teams are going to make it into this league. And then we design a, like a lower league where the next eight teams, and then we run it like, you know, the old, the old RLCS, RLRS. Yeah. And I, I think that would be a lot of fun. Um, it would also allow some of the women who aren't necessarily at the grand champ SSL level to play more games competitively because mm-hmm. that was some of the feedback that we got some of our from some of our lower ranked players is you know they would go into these events they might get to play two games and then that's it so we're really right. looking hard at you know how do we help these lower ranked women grow and let them play more competitive games so look I, there's there's a big push right now um to change things up a little bit and i think i'm going to do that for the next season Ooh, that's a breaking news breaking news wcbc <laughs> format changing just, coming season four i haven't i haven't actually uh i mean i've i've talked about it internally a little bit but uh i think it's it's definitely the route that i'm gonna push the mm-hmm. team to go on well you kind of answered my next question that i was gonna ask you about plans for season four but that's good enough um uh season four i am expecting to start uh because i will be changing the formats and there's going to be a little bit more stuff to deal with uh i would expect season four to start sometime 
and fourth quarter of this year. Mm-hmm. In between that, you know, we're going to be running events. Uh, I'm planning an event for the end of May. I think I'm going to make it a twos event just for the WCBC community. Um, I've got I've got a really cool idea that I kind of stole from League of Legends. Um, League of Legends has a website called Ultimate Bravery. I don't know if you've ever looked at it. <laughs> but I'm going to it right now. The idea of it is you select your champion and then you go to Ultimate Bravery and you can get an... In- it tells you what to level up first with your abilities and it tells you what items to buy and it's all randomized. Um, so me and some of my team have been talking about an entertaining event where we randomize everything in the game. (laughs) So we're going to create something where we can basically say it's a three V three, but now you're using a square ball on, you know, crazy gravity with, you know, whatever, all the modifiers would be adjusted randomly. Low gravity. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You know, and, and it would just be fun little events that we could do stuff like that with. Um, you know, there's even a uh, one of the ideas brought up was don't tell them what the scoring system is until the game ends. So, <laughs> you can, so if they if one team wins like four to two, and then you're like, oh, by the way, you know, the coin flip was if you score the most goals, you lose. Uh, <laughs> or like, yeah, like last goal wins or something like that. Right. Yeah. There's a whole yeah. lot of fun little things I think we can do that, you know, might not be entertaining for the exceptionally high level players, um, mm. but it would definitely be very good for the community and it gets them more involved. We're talking to Chase Mitchell, CEO and founder at Crimson Wings here on the game show on Sportsnet 650. Because it's been coming up a lot in traditional sports and because I think you're in a u- unique position with um, one of esports is very few kind of women only spaces. Um the ongoing, and I'll, I'll say it on the record, I think kind of profoundly stupid debate about allowing trans women into women's sports. Mm-hmm. Um, do you guys have any precedents for that or rules around that at all? Oh, we do allow trans women. Mm-hmm. Um, my lead graphic designer, she's trans herself, uh, Freya, mm-hmm. who does a lot of work for everybody. She's incredible. Um, so yeah, we do have uh, a decent amount of trans women in the community. Um, and the verification process is just a little different for them. Uh, sure. Because, you know, to protect our community from, you know, all the trolls out there that are trying to get in and cause chaos, um, we have to be a little more strict when it comes to verifying those women. But absolutely, mm-hmm. you know, if they... If they identify, you know, she, her, then they're absolutely allowed in. Is is that something that people who've gone through that, like, verification process, has anybody ever bucked at that? Like, I shouldn't have to prove it to you? Uh, no. Mainly because, uh, mainly because they all understand that what our space is for. Our space is right. for, you know, a safe place for women to grow and improve their skills. Um, a safe community free of toxicity and women, trans women, you know, they're, they've all experienced that, 
discrimination mm-hmm. on different levels. And, you know, the place that we provide for them is free of that. And so when I kind of explain it to them, you know, if some of them start getting a little worried about things, you know, I just have to explain it to them. You know, we have to be exceptionally strict and we have to be exceptionally careful on who we let in, you know, because if we just, you know, open the floodgates, you know, it'll, it'll decrease the confidence that our community has in us. For and sure. Yeah. I, yeah, I get it. The, the community is completely built around the safety of the women. The, one of the, one of the things that, has come up in this discussion in traditional sports, throwing aside the the BS competitive discussion, um, mm-hmm. is you know will will introducing trans women to women's sports change like the culture and community within women's sports? That's I would say no. But now you're in a you're you're in a position where you have this community that is for women, and there are trans women in there. Is it does it change the vibe at all? I doubt uh, it because I've, like, I've been on your Discord. It doesn't. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it doesn't at all. Um, I have not once seen any of the women say anything negative to one another at all mm-hmm. when it comes to you know the the social issues of you know trans women or uh, you know gender fluid ideas and, and things like that. Not once. They've not once. It's all just been crazy excitement that they're all playing together and you know they love being part of it i mean not every community obviously not the entire community is you know rainbows and sunshine for everybody but uh for the most part everyone absolutely enjoys it i've yet to see an issue when it comes to that it is truly one of the least toxic rocket league communities that i've ever (laughs) ever had a window into (laughs) it really you know it really is you know and i'm not going to call any of the other communities out but um they're they're really bad (laughs) Uh, but that's esports in general right you know um growing up playing halo 2 and you know the original call of duties you know when the lobbies were just open voice channels for everybody like it was awful um and you know league of legends struggled with it in there for a long time and you know so did a lot of other communities uh but our community it's also written into our rules right if somebody's causing drama in our community or they're being toxic towards each other um then we'll just remove them it's that simple yeah it it really is yeah. it's that simple our our community is based on a safe place for them to play and grow as competitors and gamers. And, you know, even if you're a woman and you're in there and you're being toxic and causing issues and stuff like that, then we will remove you. It it says it right on the top of our things. So it does. You have to agree to it. You you agree (laughs) to it by joining the, by joining the server. You're listening to the game show presented by the Gaming Stadium. I'm Max Sussman. After the break, we're gonna get into some Star Wars squadrons with Chase Mitchell from Crimson Wings on Sportsnet 650. Yeah. 
You grind, you scrim, you play, you win. At the Gaming Stadium, Canada's first esports arena and Canada's leader in online esports tournaments. The only place to play in local tournaments for whatever game you're great at. Online tournaments all week long with all your favorite games like Fortnite, Call of Duty, Valorant, TFT, Rocket League, and more. At Canada's leader in esports. Visit thegamingstadium.com for more information. Welcome back to The Game Show with Max Sussman. Brought to you by The Gaming Stadium, Canada's leader in esports. Welcome back to The Game Show presented by The Gaming Stadium. I'm your host, Max Sussman. Let's get right back into my talk with Chase Mitchell from Crimson Wings here on Sportsnet 650. Let's talk. Uh, let's talk. Calrissian Cup. I asked Spiro a similar question to this um, last time he was on, but they've won another event since then. How long do we have to wait for the Randalorians to get somebody to damn sign them? They're absolutely killing it. Like, they're the best team of all time in the in esport. Uh, the Randalorians won this last one, correct? Um, yeah, they, they beat did. Splinter. Um, it's an interesting. It's an interesting question. Uh, because the Star Wars Squadrons community itself all basically came out of one place. So all these players know each other. Mm-hmm. They're all very familiar with each other. Um, and there have been, I have friends that own other smaller esports organizations and stuff like that who have tried to break in and get in with some of these teams. And most of them are just happy being a part of their community that they're with. Um, I'm assuming Randalorians is like that. If you look at Splinter Squadron, um, I believe Scalp has its team now. Splinter Gaming, I think is what they're called. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, Randalorians is an exceptionally good team. Uh, I still believe that Splinter Squadron is probably the best team in the game. Um, and I think... You know, every I think that's the first event that Splinter Squadrons played in. No, that's true. I think they lost. Did they lose to GAS or did GAS win when they weren't playing? <laughs> I can't remember. There's been a few, a few things, but Splinter Squadron basically wins everything, and Randos mm-hmm. actually beat them this time, which was really cool. It was definitely an upset. Um, but they're incredible pilots, every one of them. Well, I mean, so you think it's you think it's the the nature of these players that is keeping. You know the the smaller starter org, so to speak, for an esports out out of signing these teams. Yeah, because they already have their communities, right? Um, the player base all come since they all come from the same place. There's only, you know, when one of these some of these smaller organizations come to them, you know, what they're going to be like. Well, what can you? What benefits do we have signing with you? And mm-hmm. with how small the esport is right now. Um, I doubt that any of the teams are going to pay some of these players unless they're, you know, large influencers. Um, You know, so it really just boils down to you're not really offering us anything that we can't already do ourselves with our own community. Do you think that would be the line where we start seeing orgs come in? It's got to get to the point where they're, they're, they're paying salaries basically. 
Yeah, and for that to happen, you know, the esport would have to grow. And that's difficult to do because right now there's not as much support from the developer. Like Psyonix runs the RLCS. Um, EA makes Star Wars Squadrons, and it doesn't seem like <laughs> yeah. they really have interest in doing anything with it beyond what it already is. Um, but I think that if they did decide to take the step and get engaged with it, I think that you would see it a lot more. Uh, I mean, we did see Operations Ace was presented by DreamHack. That was that was incredible. Yep. Um, I know they're the, S- the SCL is a squadrons league that runs a lot of these teams playing it against each other every week. So it's, it's interesting. I think once there's a few more balance patches in and the game gets to an, a fully even state between the two sides, I think that uh, there's a lot that could be done with this game. Uh, and I don't think that they expected this game to become like a competitive esport when they first did it. Uh, you know, but like you said, like you were saying right there, Last time you and I talked, I was like, Star Wars Squadrons, it's coming. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. um, and it seemed like it blew your mind. But once we got the community together, uh, it was really cool. It was it was definitely really cool. I remember talking to Spear about this as well as we previewed the Cal Cup last time he was on, or two times ago, that... You know, it just it it just generally to to jumpstart an esports scene, it takes somebody taking the somebody generally who's not the developer taking the dive and just doing a thing, throwing some money at it and doing a tournament. Rocket League had the rocket, the what was it called, the the R R R R S C Pro League or something like that. Um, R R C Pro League. Yeah, the ESL. I know ESL did some Rocket League stuff for a while. ESL and MLG did some stuff right at the very beginning. But the first mm-hmm. like thing that I would say kickstarted the pro scene that we know today is I forget the name of it. He's gonna kill me. It's just the league that Cloud Fuel ran right at the beginning. Um, mm-hmm. Our Rocket League. I think it was just the RL Rocket League Pro. You probably league. talked about it when you uh, when you spoke to Prime Thunder. Yeah, Prime was in it. It was like it was yeah. before there was it was before there was um, before there was like league you know age requirements. Because it mm-hmm. wasn't like a real thing, but anyway, that was just like like you know WCBC, NAEU, but they did it all online. There was a nine game finals, um, and then the next, you know, the next cycle Can you they had a best of nine. Oh my god, yeah! <laughs> Can you imagine a tournament of best of nines? It would take twelve years. Well, um, what did you see the new uh, RLCS event? The championships are best of series, so you have to win a series of best of matches. Whoa! Against a team. That. Yeah, it's crazy I played the a best, way they announced it. I played a best of 11 one time. That was an absolute grind. That sucked. <laughs> <laughs> we, won, we won the first four games, and then we, we lost the whole series. Um, yeah, I mean, w- w- one of the things that Spear and I talked about was just they take one person, one group, to do this first big dive, and oftentimes it kind of – it's the rising tide that lifts all boats. Uh, people start watching it. They get people who are playing the game but not playing it competitively are like, oh, this exists. Mm-hmm. Let me do that. Have we seen since the start of the Coliseum Cup growth in this esports scene outside of the Coliseum Cup? Um, I don't know, to be completely honest with you. Um, I do know that the com- one of the developers is in the Cal Cup server, um, and he does take the input from that community. 
uh, to heart when they look at making improvements into the game. Mm-hmm. Um, but the actual growth of the game, I don't know. I've seen some players leave. The The problem is, is you're only really going to see the players who are at the top levels, right? So right. you might see a few names pop up here and there, but overall it's the same guys. And the goal is to get it in front of more people. Right. And most people, I think, are under the impression that, you know, I can't play this game because I don't have joysticks. When a lot of the top players aren't using joysticks at all. No, some of them are using keyboard and mouse. Some of them are using uh, some VR of them are using rigs. controller. <laughs> yeah, some do fly with VR rigs. Um, and, you know, so there's, a, there's just a plethora of different inputs and way to do things. And it's very difficult to balance a game based off of that, right? There's not many games out there. Like with Rocket League, you can play with keyboard and mouse. But it's it's a big disadvantage. Um, so there's a lot of macroing mm-hmm. things that can go on with PC players versus PlayStation or uh, console players. Right. And it's difficult to balance some of those things. You know, there's not a lot of games out there where macroing does anything beneficial. Like there's nothing that's beneficial for us here in Rocket League with a macro. No, like, what are, what are you going to do? You can get off quick chats. You can do you can do quick chat macros that type of new quick chat right. for you. Yeah, that's about it. But that's that's pretty much it. But there's so many different buttons and things like that in, in Star Wars Squadrons, you know, like managing your power levels or, you know, on the NI, um, on the New Republic ships, you know, managing your shields front, back, and balanced. And, you know, what some of... The, some of these players do it's not allowed in in the cal cup um but they will macro their lasers with like their shields so when they fire it just auto balances their shields forever so even if they're getting hits getting getting hit it's constantly revamping pulling power from their shields to the front and balancing everything out so you literally have to go through front and back shields to kill somebody (laughs) um you're not allowed to do it in the cal cup or in a lot of competitive things but that's not something that most esports have to deal with right league of legends doesn't have to worry about somebody macroing anything um yeah because it's not really, yeah, there's really nothing like that. Yeah, there's <laughs> nothing like that that would create such a good competitive advantage. We're uh, we're we're slowly running out of time here. We're talking to Chase Mitchell from Crimson Wings on the game show on Sportsnet 650. Um, before we get away from the uh, the Calrissian Cup, though, kind of the same question I asked about the WCBC. How is from a business perspective? How has the Cal Cup been so far? Viewership, sponsorship, interest, any any angle you want to take? Um, from a viewership I point, it's great. Uh, you know, they average 200-something viewers, which is great for a small small community. Um, you know, the production side from TGS is incredible. The casters have turned into some of my favorite casters in esports. Um, and as, as for the business side, so I don't really handle any of that stuff i believe that we've left it to tgs for that kind of stuff Mm -hmm. um the cal cup actually spawned wasn't the there's a community out there called aces five 
And they're the community that I hit up to try to pick up as the competitive team for Crimson Wings. And they were actually trying to set up this Calrissian Cup idea. And I ended up bringing it to Spiro and I was like, hey, let's check these guys out. Like it it could be a cool idea. And then we just kind of ran with it. So I think it's looking good. Um, The production is crazy. You know, obviously the guys get better every event. Uh, It's difficult because since it's a 3D shooter um trying to find the good shots during the match is just insanely difficult and uh you know big props to the production team and jordan and them for doing what they do with there because i can only imagine that learning curve for observing is crazy here's something i've been wanting to ask you for uh for quite some time but just have another chance and i'm curious because as you mentioned the casters have been really good when you're setting up an event like this, how do you find casters for an eSport that doesn't really exist yet? <laughs> um, so one of the casters, uh, I think it's Hammer, He, I asked him if he cast anything else, and he said no. He doesn't feel comfortable casting anything that he doesn't already play at a very high level. And I don't know how they found these casters um i think they were ingrained in the community already because mm-hmm. a lot of these players you know they didn't come from star wars squadrons right they came from other flight simulator games so there's like a a community of flight sims and that's kind of where they all came from you know they used to play eve or you know they played uh star citizen or you know, any of those combat flight sims that yeah that are out there. And so Star Wars Squadrons was like a natural progression for them, especially because it's a competitive side. The uh let's since we're running out of time and I want to talk a little bit about uh I like a good story and we have about ten minutes left and I feel like this might take ten minutes. Um so let's <laughs> You uh, you sent me a screenshot of the final score, the final scoreboard of a Rocket League game yesterday yesterday morning when we were chatting. Um, but I purposefully didn't pry too much because I just want tell me the story. Oh tell me the story God. behind that screenshot. Um, so that screenshot, that was a game that I was just sitting in my living room playing Rocket League, and I don't really have a lot of friends that I play Rocket League with incredible i run an entire league by myself i have (laughs) i've been doing it for years i don't play with any i'm a solo player um and the only thing i can say about that game is it was just a huge clown fiesta after the first like 40 seconds we were down three to zero um (laughs) yeah sometimes that happens and Nobody tried to leave, which is weird. (laughs) Um, And it wasn't that we were getting, it wasn't a grand champ, right? It wasn't like a grand champ playing at a plat level and scoring 10 goals on us. It was, we would touch the ball and it would redirect into our goal every time. You know, it's bad when one dude had 10 goals on nine shots. Yeah, and I don't even know if you could consider some of them shots because, like, you know, <laughs> he would send it across and our guy would go up to block. It would just redirect off him into the goal. 
like he'd go out to clear it and he'd touch it and it would pop up or, you know, he would just blow by it. And I say our guy, I was part of that too. <laughs> it was like mechanically speaking, it was one of the worst games I've ever seen. And that's why, like, when I tell people about it, I'm always just like, oh, my God, this guy wasn't even smurfing. Like, this was this guy's greatest game of his life. <laughs> he's never he's, scored more points than that. <laughs> that was my first thought when you sent me that. I was like, oh, poor Chase got hit by a grand champ in Platt or something, carrying his bad teammates. But, no. but I've played grand champs, right? I've played you know, SSL guys. I've played some of the guys that are in the RLCS just in threes and for fun. And they're going to beat me handedly, mm-hmm. but it would never, I even I've seen people smurfing who are, you know, top 100 because they've told me their tags after they were done after the game was over. Um, mm-hmm. And I've never been, I've never lost like that. Normally, you know, they beat, yeah. they beat us like five or six to zero or five or six to one if we're lucky. Um, but that was 12 to one. It's hard to, not a lot of time in a game. <laughs> hard to get 14 goals, 13 goals in a Rocket League game at all. Um, before, before we get all the way out of here, I just wanted to take a quick, a quick step back and look at Crimson Wings as a whole. Um or do you have any plans in the future? Are you just right now you're focusing on Cal Cup, WCBC? Or are you like looking at maybe signing a new Rocket League roster or getting into any new games uh, with, a, with, a, with a team or anything like that? Um, so right now our only competitive team that we have is the Star Wars Squadrons team. Uh, mm-hmm. We are in talks with some other Rocket League teams. Um, only the family, we had talks with them when they made it into the grid. Um... I think they ended up becoming La Familia. Yeah. Uh, Because they were brand new. You know, one of the guys on there, I was like, I've never even heard of these guys. And they just, you know, 3-0'd X-Set and 3-0'd... They 4-0'd X-Set and 3-0'd Alpine to make it into the grid. They made it through uppers. And it was Mm -hmm. crazy. And so I started looking into them. It's because one of the... Two of the guys are brothers. Uh, and one of them literally had just turned 15, so he was finally eligible to play in Psionics events. That's why I'd never seen him before. Mm-hmm. Um, that didn't; those talks ended up not working out. But we are in talks with some other teams and some other players since it is the off season, pretty much for Rocket League. You know, yeah. this is the time to find those guys that are going to want to play together. Let them play in a bunch of these community community events and see how they do. Um, and hopefully, you know, offer them some fun contracts. Uh, I would love to get into fighting games. Uh, I think last time we talked, I, I said that uh, fighting games have like a special place in my heart for some reason. Mm-hmm. I love Street Fighter. Um, I love DBZ. I love... Yeah. Tekken's a little weird for me. I can't really get into it for some reason. What? It just looks wonky. I played it since the first one. But, you know, it's just that one fighting game that never really caught my attention. Um... I, I was never good at Mortal Kombat. I don't, like, I don't watch it. I don't love the anime fighting games, so I get it. The, the, that's the beauty of the FGC. There's a flavor for everybody. Yeah, yeah. It's it's really cool. Um, and we're also looking to pick up a Valorant team. And one of the things that we're looking at so the is a women's Valorant team. And I've been talking with the owner over at Galerant's. Um, 
and some of the the women over at Girl's House. So Gallerance is the huge NA women's scene for Valorant. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think they have like 10,000 people in their server or something. And uh, Girl's House is the same thing, but for EU. And, you know, I think Cloud9 and Dignitas and all these teams, like they all play in Gallerance events because those are the NA events. And right. what I want to do is I want to try to pick up a, a women's Valorant team. Um, what else? I'm, I don't know if I, I keep going back and forth. Do I want to get in the League of Legends scene again? And it just brings back just t- terrible memories. <laughs> it's also, that's, uh, a, that's a tough buy-in too, right? Like you're never going to be in the, the, the LEC or the LCS, you know, unless correct. you can buy in for however, you know, $27 million or whatever. Yeah. So you you've know, got a, you've got a ceiling change. there, you know? Yeah, no problems. <laughs> round, round, I wish, A, right? B, C, or funding. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, um, I can see that. I can see why smaller organizations are just kind of, why would you bother with League of Legends? There's just such a hard ceiling on how big you can get there. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's the problem with the way Riot does their stuff because it is franchised. Mm-hmm. Um, but they've adjusted a few things now so that like the challengers league and stuff like that isn't just you know all the lcs teams now teams can actually qualify for the challengers league which is Mm -hmm. really cool um obviously the highest levels are still going to be franchised but at least they're you know they're trying to get some of the the lower community orcs in it which is really nice um smite i think might be fun if i wanted to get into a mobile league or wild rift um I've played Wild Rift. Have you played that game yet? It's a, it's actually have, pretty fun. I've not. I've played it with Smite, but I haven't played Wild Rift. Wild Rift uh, is just the mobile version of League of Legends. Oh, um, okay. It's very well made, though. It's very well done. And there's already leagues. It came out a long time ago in Asia. So there's already leagues and teams and stuff over there. And it's newer to NA now. So, so we've got a lot of plans down the road. Um, most of our time is focused on the WCBC, though. You know, obviously that's our flagship program and Mm -hmm. I would like to also start Crimson Wings events back up, you know, because that's what led into the WCBC was Crimson Wings putting on our own events. And so me and me and my team are interested in doing that. Uh, I don't know when that'll happen. You know, we, there's just a lot going on right now. That's all. Yeah. Cool. That is a that's roughly all the time we have for this one, Chase. Before we hop out of here, let the people who listen to this radio show know where they can follow Crimson Wings and you online, Twitter, Instagram, whatever. Um, you can follow me on CW underscore Kilk on Twitter and pretty much everything else. Um, as for Crimson Wings, it is Crimson Wings GG on twitter and instagram and at the the, for the wcbc if uh if anyone's interested in following those women and everything that they do uh that would be at wcbc underscore rl on all the different platforms uh including twitch and i believe you can find vods of at least the last couple weeks worth of streams on that twitch channel if you want to catch that, uh, yeah, going on. they should be on there. Um, our YouTube channel has some of them as well. We are trying to put together some video editors and stuff like that to get all of the weeks up there. Um, that's the the glory of being a smaller 
organization is mm-hmm. you don't have go-to people for every little thing that you need in the social media universe. Um, but yeah, all the, all the major platforms that we're on and one of my, uh, my community manager at Crimson Wings Alligator is always on top of me to try to start a TikTok for Crimson Wings as well. So <laughs> have fun. I don't know. I'm, right. I, I'm too old for that. I don't know anything about TikTok. That's my <laughs> problem too. She yells at me all the time. It's great. <laughs> all right. Chase Mitchell from Crimson Wings. Thank you so much for joining me here again on the game show. Of course. Thank you for having me. That's it for this week's episode. Thank you to Chase for joining me. Thanks to Connor for recording the show at the Gaming Stadium. Thanks to the Gaming Stadium, of course, as always, for sponsoring the show. You can head to thegamingstadium.com for all the events, information, and more you'll ever want to know about them. I'm your host, Max Sussman. You can find me on Twitter at TrulyItBeMax and on Twitch at twitch.tv slash Thank you for listening. Till next time, whatever you do, don't tilt.